This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. another fabulous guest today here at Ebony and Irony, and we just can't wait to speak to them. Yes, we do. His name is Abraham Levy, although I met him in the 1980s as <laughs> Abraham Extravaganza from the House of Extravaganza. A I gorgeous man. Y'all can't see him. You can hear him, but gorgeous, gorgeous man. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know about the Extravaganza and all that stuff, so we'll definitely talk to him about that and the whole ballroom thing and and uh, and fashion and um also clear up a little controversy that i had heard that we that a lot of the children have heard about abraham and uh and alleged about transphobia and all that stuff and i didn't hear about that controversy back when it happened but also we're going to hear about his designs for everyone from monet exchange Mm-hmm. All the way up to Cardi B, like you know, like the range of like you know, I mean like lowest to the high to like you know, someone who got their start in the you know the ballroom scene in New York City. You know, well let's go, let's go talk to Abraham now so we can see what what, what he's ever made for you, which I doubt is nothing because he w- he would never go that low. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, Ebony and Irony listeners specifically, please welcome the fabulous Abraham D. Levy. Hi, Abraham. Hi, Monet. Thank you for having me. We're st- Hi, Hi, Bunny. Uh, now, Abraham, how long have we known each other? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you invented fire, uh, yeah. remember? Invented fire. <laughs> she invented what? fire. <laughs> Well, we go way back. Oh, my goodness. I started Lady clubbing Prometheus. in 1983. I think I knew you by, by like, 85. Uh-huh. We were really good. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We go way okay, back. And, okay. So, and how much has Bunny changed since you, since you, <laughs> since 85? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Always cracking jokes. Always cracking. You never change, Bunny. Well, I've grown. <laughs> <laughs> Me yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, we did come up together in New York clubs, and we also would often run into each other, which was a delightful surprise when you lived in the Tampa, Florida 
area because I would come to perform yes. at Georgia's and always see you there. And it was always like, you know, a little blast of New York. And then, you know, you came back to New York and no, no one ever sees anyone anymore. So we now mainly deal with each other on Facebook and stuff. But you're oh, in New no. York now. Yes, I'm back home yes, in, in New York. And then it was so, so funny. So I was at Abraham's recently and he was showing me these pictures of like all these flies and stuff and back in the day. So for those of you who don't know, and I didn't know up until recently, Abraham is um is an extravaganza from the House of Extravaganza, the, the legendary House of Extravaganza. Can you please educate the kids? Because okay, I know <laughs> about extravaganza from Paris is Burning, but I I have to be honest, I haven't really seen much of them outside of that. So is the house still in existence? The house is in existence. I'm not an active Got member it. anymore. But um, no, I mean, they they do walk balls mm -hmm. whenever. I just don't do yeah, that anymore. Yeah. But as they're not as active as I would like them yeah, to be. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe they, they can get on Legendary. I feel like the House of Extravaganza needs to be on Legendary, girl. Mm, I don't know if that's going to okay. happen. Well, I don't promise it it's not there's no unity mm. that will bring that together if you see the show and how it works i don't know if, if we can pull that gotcha. off that, not like that um you, yeah because the, 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 the older the older legends mm -hmm. and i don't even know who the, the, the new kids are and like you said you don't see them as active as they want to be or they should be yeah well, I mean, I, so, I will say as like an onlooker for decades, I mean, the house of extravaganza is very ex exclusive and, and very, you know, legendary. I mean, and I don't like to use other people's words, but yeah, they were like um, legendary among legendary. Word. I mean, yeah. was that? We were very exclusive. Yeah. We are. I, I don't know how it is run and now, so you, but. It was very exclusive when I was Yeah, and it. you were going to attract the best uh, vogers, the most beautiful trans people, um, the sexiest guys. I mean, this there was, and and it was it was. I don't think it was exclusively Latino, but the it, it was it, it was Latino basically. It was the original Latin right. house in 1983, Hector. He passed away. Hector Extravaganza was the original mother and father. Mm. And he started a house and they decided they wanted a Spanish name because all the houses had, you know, there was the house of Ebony and the house of this. And it was just always like it was ballrooms for mm -hmm. black. And there was really no present no representation of Latinx. Got so it. we well, they came up with extravaganza. They wanted a name that was Spanish. Mm -hmm. They could have said extravagant, but yeah, extravaganza. And that's, we were the original. And then we did have like, there were a lot of blacks in our house, but it's mainly a Latin Got house. Got it. Was. was. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I also I also saw pictures of buddy that late, Abraham would have this like twelve foot tall hair. Do you remember Abraham's tall hair? I was gagged yes. to see. It was like literally a two feet off of his head. That shit is wild to me. Well, um, y'all might want to look him up because Abraham has always been a looker and that yes, thick, has. gorgeous hair, you know, Thank I mean, you. it was a real statement. I mean, was that like a, was that, was that in the 80s that you did that? That was in the 80s. I used to like, oh my gosh, I wore my hair like that from like 83 all the way to 85, 86. So was that like a, was that like a kid and play uh, a play on well, kid play? No, because one of them wore that straight, straight up hair. But they did that in the nineties. Oh, you beat them. It in nine, I was way before. My goodness, like I stopped doing that. They showed up with that hair like five or ten years <laughs> later. Okay. I stopped doing that. Like I, I think the last time I had my hair that high was like. 86 or 87 and then i remember then i just let it grow mm -hmm. out and i let it grow for four years it was all the way down to my back and i used to like pull it out like a big lion's mane work work, work. oh yeah i used to yeah i used to play with hair and then <laughs> and then so starting in bottom is that when you started designing <gasps> well no i've always been designing i started designing when i was 13 okay. and 
in high school, I found my passion for mm. it. Yes. And then uh, when I went to the ballrooms, I, you know, it's like a whole new world. And I remember like every month I would sit around and make one outfit per month for myself to go to a ballroom mm-hmm. and turn it out and have fun with the family. But yeah. 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 Because- was this when was this when Carmen was mother of the house? Or did that come later? Car much, much later. Because Angie passed away in ninety-three. Mm-hmm. Uh when she passed away, I didn't handle her passing really well. And for some reason I shut down. I didn't like I didn't party for six months. Mm. I stopped promoting on top of that. She gave the house to Carmen Extravaganza, my beautiful sister. So beautiful. Oh, the best. We used to be roommates when we were like babies. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. We roommate together when I moved out of my foster home at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. And Carmen was, I think she was still a baby. She was like 20 years old. We're only like a few years apart. So, do you remember the cover of the Village Voice with Carmen wearing that hood? Because that began. I mean, I had met you know yes. people from the ballroom culture out and about, but that cover was like. I mean, you just saw. I mean, as someone who needs to wear big wigs to even look presentable, here was Carmen in like just a simple hood, and that face launched a thousand ships. I have never. Oh my goodness! Oh, so she was on the cover of the Village Voice, like to sell to, like what was it like to promote to promote Paris? It may have been an article about the ballroom culture before Paris is burning. Yes, Um, that's what it was. It was. It it was. This began the swirl, you know, of publicity that you know made this all happen in a bigger degree. Now, this is what people always ask me, and I get irritated because they ask me so much. But they're like, oh, Bunny, you know, you've been doing drag for so long. <laughs> always a good way to start a question. You're old. <laughs> um, you know, what do you think of today's drag or whatever? And they basically, you know, want me to read RuPaul's Drag Race, and I know that that's what they want to get a headline. But mm-hmm. what... what, um, what as someone who has been involved in ballroom culture from from you know the eighties, so what do you think of its its new uh, mainstream you know uh, shows like Pose, uh, shows like Legendary, and that kind of stuff? Does it ring true to you? Uh, could it? Could are you happy about it? Does it represent it well? Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Do you watch? I, I did watch uh, season one and two of Pose, mm-hmm. and it does bring me home. It really, it took me there. Good. Totally. Even the, where they do the ballroom, it, because it just looks so much like the original ballroom where it was uh, the Elks Lodge. I'm mm-hmm. sure you went there, Bunny. Remember the Bitch. Elks Lodge on 145th Street? And that's where the original ballrooms were held. Bitch, I, okay, I was so full T when I was like, you know, in like fucking high school, like 13, 14, I used to go hook up with trade at the Elk, at, 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 at the Elk Motel on 42nd Street. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that little like dingy one, girl. A mess. Anyway, so go ahead. So, sorry, so didn't mean to cut you off. So, it does ring true. Yes, it does. It, it does a lot. I mean, it's, it, it's a story based on trans girls and how they live their life and how they grow up in the ballroom scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I, you know, I was there. I lived it. Like, I just feel like. Yeah, they did a good job, but it's their version. It's their storyline. I mean, I was, you know, it's about, I I don't like Legendary too much. Okay. It's, I just, it's, I, it's too rehearsed. It's, ballrooms are not like that at mm. all. Yeah. And, yeah, and I personally, I wasn't crazy about this past season because they, how can you do a ballroom without a crowd? Yeah, I know. That's the weird the, part about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you, yeah, but when you go into a ballroom and you got your family there and you're walking, you hear, you know, that scream, you need that. Yeah. It's, for some reason, I, that factor was missing for me. And it just felt so, it's just so rehearsed. It's like, yeah, they want to just give us a show. 
They don't mm-hmm. want it's it, it, it's at, at some point it just it loses the ballroom factor. But well, it's still I mean, good. We still the, get a good show, and people get to see what ballroom has evolved into. Yeah, I I. I don't know why we don't do it here in New York anymore. I, you know, when I moved to Florida, things, everything changed here in New York. We, we don't do ballrooms anymore. I think there's only one left, the latex ball. He, he, that's, that's the one it. I've been to. Yeah, I haven't been to any other ones. But well, Every house used to have a ball once a month. The House of Extravaganza had theirs in December. Not once a month. I'm saying once a year. So the House of Extravaganza always said something called a snowball. And then um, Pepe La Vega would do his, um, uh, Pendavis would do theirs, um, you know, all the big houses. They, every month, it was dedicated to that one house mm-hmm. so that you, like me, a participant, would like take the whole month off to like work on his costume, show up to the ball, and snatch the trophies. Or just, right. you know, walk in looking fierce. I mean, you saw the extravagances, Bunny, right? Oh, of course. of course. <laughs> we came through, honey. Oh, we my God. Through. Yeah. I mean. Bunny, oh. Bunny why, did, why didn't you start a house back then? The house of. Honey, I'm as big of... as a house. <laughs> <laughs> I am. She said I am I don't house. need to start a house. My stomach started a house. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was telling Monet this, but even though I enjoyed like partying and running into the, the, the people from the ballroom, I never tried to pretend that I was one of those people because I wasn't, but I would love to see Willie Ninja. There was never a time oh. we became friends outside of the club and then people would always like, Oh, cause every time I would see, you know, of course I would be drunk and high and I would see Willie on the dance floor and I would like, kind of like knock him out of the way. Like we're going to do battle. And everyone would be like, ah, <laughs> uh, I wonder who's going to win, but he was always such a good sport. So I just enjoyed, you know, hanging out. And of course, the the lingo. Now, this is one thing that I think is interesting. It's like, because there's a lot of talk about, oh, don't appropriate my culture or don't, you know, use my language. Honey, there is no language more used. I mean, the 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 ballroom language has been has, has been taken more than uh, sampled more than a Lolita Holloway song. And I I never really even liked to say the word fierce because I thought it made white queens sound silly when they tried to act like they were part of the community that used fierce. I just said these people in the ballroom are special. They are let them do their thing, and I will be an onlooker. Looker, but never try to like, you know, do what they're doing because it was a a, a, a different thing. I mean, do, do you think it's it's wild? Well, actually, do you know Junior LaBeja? No, he was an MC early on who um, uh, he came up with all of these things like. Uh, uh, opulence category is oh, tens across the board, yeah. and you know it's like I hear all of those on pose, but I've heard them for years. Mm-hmm. Shade the T, all of them on Drag Race. I mean, Rue well, might want to send Paris is burning a check. <laughs> I was just going to add on to that because the way you sound and the way you're saying it, yeah, the reality is, I mean, I, I love Rue, but she literally made a career out of quoting Paris is Burning. And that's why all the kids nowadays just use all these words and they don't really understand where mm-hmm. it comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, when she says extravaganza, eleganza, she's referring to the ballroom scene. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So then fast forward to the ballroom scene, then you moved to Florida, and then is that when you started to really... So, so you were making stuff for yourself for balls, and then you transitioned to making stuff for queens, and now you're doing it on such a big platform for artists like Cardi B. Talk about that journey and like, how does that happen? Because there are a lot of kids listening. They're like, I want to design stuff for Cardi B. I want to design stuff for, for, for Simone. Like how, does, like, how does that happen? Well, I... I have to say this. I mean, it's got. It takes dedication, and you have to sacrifice. I think mm-hmm. that's the key word: sacrifice. That means you got to stay up, work late hours, get up first thing in the morning, run errands, do this. I mean, just don't stop. And I set a goal when I started. When I got back from Florida, mm-hmm. I had a little issue i couldn't walk any longer and i just thought all right so i'm not going to bartend anymore my mother suggested that why don't you take the time out and maybe design clothes like you meant to do mm-hmm. so i told her i said well here's my goal why don't you know in the next five years let's see what happens i won't i won't go back into the workforce and i'll just work and i was staying at my mom's and she let me do my thing and from there i mean like honestly i i I feel like I've lost all my friends. I don't go out anymore. I I've been I sacrificed a lot. And that's all I got to tell people. It's like, yeah, have fun. Go out. Enjoy yourself. But at the end of the day, you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And realize also that, you know, people are out there looking at your work. So do your best to make it happen and make it perfect. I mean, you I'm a perfectionist, so you see what I, what you see is. Yes, I know. I mean, my work is out there. People are staring, and you know what? Tell us, you just have to like inspect everything. So oh yeah, people are so critical. They were like, "Ugh, Abraham did that thing." Well, that well, that buckle on that side. That people are so hypercritical of everything. every fucking thing people wear these days. It's yeah. so annoying. But just but learn I mean, your craft. That's all I got to tell people. Learn your craft. Know what you're doing. Stick to something original. Try to be as original as you can. And just get ready to sacrifice a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a well, lot of work. You did choose um, something that's not easy, too. Because all of your stuff is, you know custom tailored you're mm-hmm. working with i mean whenever i have a seamstress who is uh or you know designer who is i'd give them something like vinyl or or you use a lot of the um is it, is it mylar what do you call the reflective stuff yes. that's like AB? mylar the metallics and they hate sewing those they hate well, sewing those and that's yeah <laughs> at the end of the day everything i, I my fabric it's, it's not fiber. It's upholstery fabric. And, mm. and it's a struggle. I mean, if, only people, if people saw how I work and how I do my stuff, it's, it's, you should see me. It's, it's a challenge every day. You know, and I That's always so try good. to make it better and perfect my work. And it's always like trial and error because most of the time I always, you know, it's the first attempt at a very strange fabric. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I find errors and I'll go back, fix the pattern and redo it all over again. Yeah. yeah, I I think that you've been on every season of Drag Race since oh. season ten, right? <laughs> since, since you've been on like every season, I feel like you have. I it started with There's at uh, least one piece every time. It started with all to Jeremy. He oh right, yes, he did the gold piece. That was the first time ever. So Abraham is talking about you guys, All Stars season two, just Jeremy. Um, so we'll season two, uh, formerly known Fif- as Fifi. Yeah, All Stars season two, formerly known as Fifi O'Hara. Um, uh, the robot look when Fifi uh. is uh, when Jeremy's painted all blue, and the metal, uh, the gold metal pieces right. were Abraham's work. That was yeah. the beginning, and then I got picked up by um, later on was Pheromone, and then Miss Cracker. Uh huh. Uh, uh-huh. and most, luckily, a lot of girls in New York City, they hit me up. And we have our yeah. ways of working, which I don't like to disclose. <laughs> but, but, so, but, but, but will you, can I ask you, if you're working for someone in Fair, like Farah who lives across the country, do you need to fit her in person? 
It yeah. does, or is that done via remotely via measurements? Well, um, some things can be done remotely, but um, when it comes to the, the heavy duty stuff, I prefer fittings, and I do my best. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, um, I, I wish I could talk about what I'm doing, but I can't. It's just a lot of it's. <laughs> I, I do require people. If we're going to do a full on piece, I require a mm-hmm. fitting. Because I work with upholstery. Again, it's hard fabric. It's, it doesn't yeah. stretch and it doesn't conform to the body. So I have to make all the curves work perfectly. And uh, So that means that you could, you could probably never work with Bunny because her shape is impossible to replicate with a No, honey. That would, we would be a hand in glove because my body is like a couch. <laughs> and he's already using so upholstery you fabric. <laughs> So, so now your your work does have a space age feel. Are, are there is there someone in particular who uh, inspired you early on? Well, I'm I love avant garde designs. So I just mm-hmm. I what I like I like futuristic things. I've always worked with metallics. That's just always been my thing. For some reason, I. It, everything I do has to have like some kind of metallic finish. I don't do buttons in any way, shape, form possible. Everything has to be done with grommets, metal. Everything is metal work for me. It, when I was in in college, I discovered Terry Mugler. I discovered uh-huh. designers like Issey Miyake. Manfred. You know, yeah. those people were very inspirational. The avant-garde designers, John Paul Gaultier. Like, I just, I yeah. wanted everything. I just thought, if I'm going to make clothes, why just make something ordinary? That's a kind you'll never see on my page, like a dress, because everybody's making a dress. Everybody can make a dress. But why don't mm-hmm. I make something different? And I just, you know, I just want to be as original as possible. But it is... I do have a lot of like influence with by Mugler and mm-hmm. uh-huh. who else? Like uh, Versace used to influence me a lot. Because, yeah. If you ever, you ever seen yeah. Carmen wearing my dresses? I used to make, when Carmen and I were roommates and I used to have my own little fashion line, I, I used to actually work with a lot of stretch fabrics. Remember my fashion line, Bunny, with Julie Jules? I do remember the idea of it, but I can't picture one in my mind. But there I did just, drink a lot. There was just a lot of stretchy fabrics, and uh, and there were just I had my own little thing going because back then, actually, not too many people were making stretch dresses. Really? Oh, yeah, it was interesting. But is, this are, is, are, are, is 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 four way stretch uh, new in nineteen eighty eight. It was very rare. To see like what? fun stretchy stuff, and so my work got picked up by Patricia Fields. I sold out there mm. like twice. Uh, Alan and Susie used to pick us up. You remember Alan and Susie, funny? Oh, I remember Alan and yeah, Susie. Yeah, I just I sold there too. With lady, I could not imagine not having a four way stretch garment. That is wild. My mind is fucked well, up. I- I think drag queens may have worn a four-way stretch at, at, at all times, but not not marketed for you know it, 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 all women weren't wearing you know tights you. and right. stuff like that at that point. It was uh, new. Can, can we it just talk fresh. a little bit? Yeah, can we talk a little bit about that scene at Patricia Field where you would walk in and I mean it was a home to your fashions. Uh. It was a home to so many trans employees so many club Uh, kids and even i modeled in the window uh once or twice for halloween it was just it was it was such a fun place and as someone who lived in the east village if we were headed over to the piers or the west village it was right in the middle so i mean that was it was like a nightclub during the day patricia Mm -hmm. fields 8th street store i grew up in there (laughs) <laughs> I grew up in I there. did too. I, just, I used to walk in there every, just, I, just about every weekend I was there in the early 80s. And I became friends with all of them. Yeah. yeah. You would walk and in have, and Amanda Lepore would be have the lipstick with those lips. Well, you, <laughs> she was remember Miss Sony. I was there from the original oh. girls. Like Miss Sony, Cody Ravioli was working. Uh, 
Yeah, I remember. You know what? Miss Oni had that same hairstyle, that same straight up kid and play hairstyle in the 80s. That's when I met her. Remember when she was hanging out in Washington Square Park with no makeup? I still see her. Yeah, we used to. We used to. We used to. A lot. A lot outside of Patricia. Oh, she's lovely. Definitely. She's she's just one of the most beautiful people. She hasn't aged once. (laughs) You've seen her? Amazing. She hasn't. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. you should have seen these characters at Patricia Fields, Monet. They were everybody was very unique and original and different. I've never been, before Pat Fields closed down. I never got to Mona go. I, I feel so bad. I Mona Foot was there. I remember that. JoJo, Cody Ravioli, Cody. yeah, uh, you, um, Connie Girl. Yes, Connie Girl used to visit a lot. I I remember meeting Robbie. Robbie. Oh Martin. well, Robbie and I used to hang out at the World. The bartender, Robbie. Yeah. Oh, goodness. And um, yeah. who, um, international the, the crisis thing is, is, used to be. I used to just gawk at this woman when she would walk into Patricia Fields. International crisis is a, a trans <sighs> woman who dates back to the 1970s. Oh. Who dated Salvador Dali and Uh-oh. would perform at Boy Bar, and she Goddess. was incredibly beautiful. The most I beautiful mean, creature. Yeah, she would perform at, at Wigstock sometime. I, I don't know if, if she worked there, but the funny thing about Pats is that there was nowhere else that you would walk in and but, see like all trans people working. But there. That's at that time, I love that. that was unheard of. So that was Pat's vision, and Pat's a lesbian. I give her credit. I mean, Pat was a mother figure, yes. She yes. Was. And there was a house of field. It wasn't like a proper house from Harlem, but it was, you know, in fun. It was a lot. Well, they were right, very, right. They, they participated in, an, in a lot of ballrooms and they actually threw their own ballrooms. You remember like, the house oh, of yeah, fields? They used to throw balls. They, I remember, like, I, I do remember that, but it was, it was never quite like. I walked a ball, <laughs> yeah. a Patricia Fields ball at the world. And I walked against Lee Bowery and he. And the world was a bar. It was a club. A club, yeah. okay. What was the category? Oh, it was interesting because it was the category called for big hair and makeup, right? <sighs> and I had my tall hair and I had this really cool, like, jumpsuit and I painted my face kind of wild. And, uh-huh. and here comes Lee Bowery, right? Bald headed, <laughs> but his whole, he's got his white face on, those light bulbs <laughs> on the side of his ears, in that yellow dress. <laughs> and when they were judging us, um, Chief Harry gave me a nine and decided to give him a 10. So he got all the 10s. And I was just like, what's going on here? <laughs> the he cate- so the category was big hair and, and he, he didn't, didn't have, have hair, any hair But he won. But he was, he was just, he was that legendary. I guess that's so fucking. See, no, that's that. That's that shady, legendary judging on the well, fucking mistake. show. That you <laughs> this thing, I, girl. I went up to Keith Haring on that stage and I <laughs> lit him up. <laughs> I said, "Well, I don't understand. I, I, I don't get your your judging, but I have hair." <laughs> and then I just, you know, Angie was a little mad at me. She said, "Don't ever confront a judge. Let them do what they need to do." I was young, not afraid, and and and, uh, and you shouldn't be. I, I would do the like, same thing. Bitch, category yeah. said hair. Where is his yeah. hair? Show it made me the me hair. Sound almost like a sore loser because I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I let that go. That was quite fun. But Patricia, you, she was very active in the ballroom scene. The the house. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought there was was co- I thought this was kind of separate. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I mean, I went to their balls, but I didn't know that they were like. I don't know. I guess people came just you know to get prizes or or whatever. Yeah. Who would? So when did you stop being Abraham Extravaganza and start being Abraham D Levy? And is it Abraham D Levy just on social media, or is it Abraham Levy? It's Abraham D Levy on social media. So it's so your name is Abraham Levy on your yes, designs. it is okay. Yeah. And so when when did you stop becoming extravaganza and start being? Well, like I Levy? said, I when Angie passed away before she passed away, I was at the ballrooms every month, every single ballroom. I I walked for almost three years nonstop, but 
I don't know. Her loss was just too much to bear. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. you got to remember, like, back in the early 90s, you went to a club. People were dying. And every time you went out, it was, I mean, it just became like this thing. It's like, I would go out, find out that three of my friends are dead. I was like, that would ruin my entire night. Yeah. And they were, yeah. And you're talking but, about Aunt Mother Angie well, Extravaganza. The, was the she, final straw was that. That's just yeah. like, I, I, when she yeah. died, I, I felt like I lost my whole world. And I just, I, I don't know, I shut down. I, I stopped drinking. I stopped doing drugs. I stopped clubbing. I literally stopped promoting. And I, I was always, I kept the name Extravaganza out of respect for Angie. But I literally, I stopped everything. And then I just quietly did my thing. And I didn't walk ballrooms anymore. I Always had the extravagance name on my Facebook account, but um, right before they started doing that name change and you had to legalize your name on, right. Well, oh, I, yes. at some point I realized, like, I am now designing clothes and I love my house, but I need to represent myself. And that's, that's when mm-hmm. I just decided, let me just drop the extravaganza name and use my legal name to proceed with my fashions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. As, and then, so, so as Abraham Levy, who would be some of your first clients then? Ooh. Like before Cardi B, before uh, Drag Race people, who would be some of your clients? Well, a lot of the Drag Race girls. I think that's all that, I mean, mm-hmm. it all started literally with... Nina Flowers. When I got back home and I started mm. working with, I was doing some movie productions. So I came across Mylar and the gold stuff. And I'm like, oh, I've been waiting for this. And I started designing things. And that's what Nina Flowers, we, her and I were good friends. And she started noticing my work. And I mean, I think Nina Flowers has one of the largest collections of Abraham Levy. But from there, <laughs> it's just, I think, every, like, I think that's where Jeremy found my work. Through late through right, uh, Nina, Nina and it just basically all the the drag girls and um, I yeah. do get some stylists hitting me up, but I'm not a big fan of the stylists because they don't understand my work. I'm usually sold out. I never have anything for anybody, and they always want everything the day before. So I, I mm-hmm. stray from that. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, right. yeah. And also, your work is so sensitive. Like, like we need a, we need a, uh, they hit you up like Monday, uh, Monday at six p.m. for something for nine a.m. It's like, girl, it's like this is warbler. This is a poultry fabric. I, I can't just pop this out in two seconds. Like, it takes time. And also, like the, uh, uh, the dedication to make it look right on that person. So, it, so it's, you don't get it, look, and it looks well, people crazy. People think I have a full-on company, and I have tons of clothes and I don't. Well, I have to say I work with designers and I'm and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm always gag when I go for a fitting and the designer has nothing to do with the outfit. Like I go there and it's like they have someone else completely different working on the thing and I'm like and again, there's nothing wrong with that. I just like sometimes I'm like, oh, I thought I was working with you and I'm working with your team putting together this look and I'm always a little gag, but you are, you do it all yourself. There's not, when you, when you get Abraham Lee, when you go for fitting, there's not like 18 different people doing this. It is Abraham. Um, but other designers, uh, some of them I work with, it's not that. And I'm all, every, it takes me back every time. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just always go- like gagged by it sometimes. I'm like, oh, there's a team. I have Got tried it. people to help me. And one, it's hard. Two, what I do, I, like I do precision cutting, and I do it all by myself. And I'm just very picky. I've yet to find anybody that does exactly what I do, freehand. And yeah, notice yeah. everything is covered. That you won't see any jag- jagged edges, or you know. So mm-hmm. it's hard to find somebody yeah. to, that that can help me. I've tried, but. Yeah. I, <sighs> I heard, I heard, but I heard Bunny's looking for some work, Bunny. I think Bunny and I need to get together and make an outfit. Bunny, let Abraham make you something. You are too busy with Cardi B, honey. I'm (laughs) sure you're too busy. Tell us, tell us about that, because I mean, obviously, if you're a designer, uh, getting a major pop star like Cardi is. 
a coup. Um, w- w- tell us how that happened. Describe the outfit. Oh, well, um, last year I was on this mission. Like, I just thought I would love to dress Cardi B. And I finally got somebody to hit me up, like, in December. And they said, Cardi B is interested in two of your corsets, but they want the corset to be black velvet to match these gloves with all the crystals. I'm like, well, I don't do stoning, but I can make the corset for you. So they said, go ahead, make the corsets. We'll have it stoned. And then um, I didn't hear from them for like two weeks. And I just hit this girl up and I asked, what's going on? And, you know, did, was it, did everything fit? They're like, as a matter of fact, it did fit and we are having it stoned. And that's all I ever got from them. They never told me what it was for. Oh, okay. I knew it was going to be something interesting. I just didn't think it was going to be this music video. And yeah, mm. it, I think it has like 154 million views or something stupid like that. It's crazy. Is yeah. that up? Yeah. Uh, is, is that yeah. for the video up? And so you just you just saw, how did you find out that oh, it was well, in there? I mean, are you checking out her music? She dropped this video, this little short video. Right. She dropped this video and I see yeah, the point yeah. sticking out of her hips. And I'm like, that looks a lot like my corset. And Lord and behold, that's what mm-hmm. it was. And I was just like, wow, I finally did it. But I, I think it was dropped in January 15. But I feel like, you know, mission accomplished because mm. I wanted to dress her. Yeah. I have. So that's like other celebrities, but it was like on the low, low where I was more a styling team. I have worked mm. with Nicki Minaj. I have worked with Jennifer Hudson, who's amazing. Ooh. So I, I love too. her. What, what a star really and what a human Hudson. being. I One know. of the nicest people ever. What a performer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know because I worship yeah. her. So I, I always find it really interesting is that like these, these like big like how do you feel about this as as a designer Abraham like these like big artists like they rarely like forget again like does she like in the video the credits is she saying like corset by Abraham or are you like Mm-mm. listed in the credits? See that that drives that's so crazy because obviously these huge artists like that that is obviously like great for for a for a smaller business. But like, and again, I'm not guilty of this because I always tag my designers, but sometimes girls don't tag their designers and designers will go- throw a fit. Like, I cannot believe it. I'm like, bitch, Cardi B with her third, 30, 30 million followers didn't tag and you're like, okay, that's fine. But little, uh, you know, this bitch with like 50K on Instagram, you're like, how dare you? It is always, it's always such an interesting thing for me. Well, Monet, your designers specifically ask that you do not tag them <laughs> because you make their clothes look like shit. <laughs> How do you feel about tagging designers with artists and queens alike, Abraham? How, did, how, well, how does I that think review? If, um, you know, in, in the small world, uh, this small little drag world we live in, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. You know, you should tag your designers i when i work with people like cardi b these people come with stylists they're the ones responsible for doing all the pulls and the looks and they actually design the looks you know they told me what i had to do with my corset right at the end of the day that person gets the credit if i ever want a credit i would have to do product placement but they don't ask for that so i charge them right but when you do product placements then your name will show up on the video got it got it got it and so were you happy with the stoning that they did on the, your uh, corset for Yes and no, because they had, I know for a fact <laughs> they had to put wires on the top of the tips because all those crystals would have dropped the entire thing down. I, I'm sure they rewired the corset to support all those crystals. And so I know this, like mm. they even mm-hmm. covered it with more fabric so they can conceal all the, the metal to support oh. the corset. I, at the end of the day, I, I'm happy because it was like my little mission that I was on because I love her so much. I'm like, I just want to dress mm-hmm. Cardi B. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to and I, yeah. I did it. Yeah. I can't believe I did it though. That was shocking. A lot of people, 
A lot of people love Cardi B, but you know, I don't know whether it's because Bow. she's Dominican, but she, New York loves Cardi B. <laughs> you know, I mean, is that is that part of your just, why you wanted to dress why, her? I, I love her. I love that she's just so forward, and it is kind of like what we need. Like, uh, I, I don't give a fuck attitude. And why not? Yeah, you know, that's totally true. If she can do it, she should do it. I like her. I like everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's you, fun. To me, she's just cute. Now, walking it back a little bit. Now, you obviously talked about how, like, how in in your career and in your life before, before your career, just in your life, you worked with so many trans women. Their trans women have been a big part of your story and ballroom and etc. And a few years ago, there was some backlash about a miscommunication online with, uh, and then, th- like, and Bunny and I talk about cancel culture a lot. And then there was one comment, and all of a sudden, everyone is like, Abraham is transphobic. He hates trans Ugh. people. Cancel him. No one buy his clothes. Like, talk to us about that, and sh- let's set the record straight. Because I know you, and I know that you are not, literally, not even a whisper, an ounce, and anything of transphobia anywhere. Wow. So can you talk to us about and, that? And, and here's Abraham already saying that he lived <laughs> with Carmen Extravaganza, right. legendary transphobia, right. uh, P- Paris is burning. He was so upset by Mother Angie Extravaganza's passing, and then somebody wants to deny all your history mm-hmm. and come up with That's some a, bullshit like to that. To be honest, I've yeah. never read a single one of those articles because I feel deep down it's oh yeah, all the about, articles about it too. Oh my god, that, that transphobia people think it's not. What truly happened that evening? Mm-hmm. I was working late. I got on the phone. Mm-hmm. I opened up Facebook, and my eyes were a little tired. I this is the biggest mistake mm-hmm. that I did that night. I read this comment about RuPaul. And something to do with her not having trans girls on the show. And then Mm -hmm. something to do with her tattered wig. You know, growing up in the ballroom scene, I just, I I never, you know, it triggered something in me. And I thought, why would this person be like this? And And I just, I didn't see who wrote the bloody thing. So I would automatically say... Because I knew that Gia Gunn was going to be in the show, but I couldn't say anything. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, RuPaul is working on this show and that show and this show and that. And maybe when she's done filming her five shows, she would, you know, come out and do whatever she needs to do for whatever. I can't remember exactly what I said there, but my mistake was that mm-hmm. I just assumed that this was some guy really upset at RuPaul. Because I thought, well, you know, it just mm-hmm. never occurred to me that a woman would use words like tattered wig. I'm like, why would a woman, you know, hate on RuPaul? I just never, you know, I just automatically, I, that, there lies my problem. And then um, I'm trying to fall asleep because it's just really late. So I kind of like turn the phone off and then I get this notification, right? So I go back on that same thing. And I was talking to Moniki Shame, I believe that's his name. It was on his page where he dropped this post. And I'm looking, and, and he kind of, I think he was, well, obviously he was correcting me, but I didn't realize that he was correcting me because I, I saw. And what did he say? I, I could barely see, and I because they came up my classes, and so I saw a woman. And I thought he was calling me a woman. They're like, you know how you know how we talk, you know, girl, you know. And I thought, yeah, and yeah. I said, I think I believe I said, baby, I'm not mad at you because I, you know, like I don't know. I just and then I then I did it again and I said him. And and then I let it. I just did. I just so did. you just like, use the wrong pronouns on, in right? your thing. And so now once again, I turned the phone off. I'm trying to go to sleep and all these right. So I'm like, what the fuck. So I open it up and I see all these people like <laughs> saying, Allison is a woman. Allison, I'm like, what the fuck? And I was just thought I was being funny. And here's my biggest mistake. I said, I think my last thing was, uh, I think her name was Allison. And I said, so, so, so it's a he, period. You know how we, period. I didn't put laugh out loud. Apparently I didn't put a funny face. I just thought it was being funny. 
I turn the phone off. Yeah. And like, wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning. And wouldn't you know, like within three or four hours, there's like about 20 articles. I'm like, what's going on? Well, the reality is, yeah, I may have mispronounced somebody, but I didn't even know. Like, I, yeah. I found out the next morning. Oh, the and next the morning I found out that a... she's a trans woman. And I'm like, oh, fuck. What did I do? And then I found out she's black. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to hate me forever. And I just, to be honest, I feel like mm-hmm. I, I didn't do it intentionally. It was not like it, an assault on this human. I just thought, I, I just did something stupid. Anyway, I now wear glasses and I have to. What was, what was the post? It was what was the post like, and about? Was like, what she was talking about, RuPaul not supporting the trans community, and and then she went on to read her, and that's why I would, you know automatically assumed like you know it's like why is this queen so angry, and I knew that you know we finally get the trans girl on the show, we finally got one. I spoke to Gia right before she went on the show because we were going to collaborate. Remember, you were doing the plastic. Monet mm-hmm. and I already, you know, I already gotten you, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I already gotten um, what's uh, mm-hmm. Trinity. Thank you. And then Gia Trinity. hit me up, and I said, "Baby, I think we're all on the same page here. Let me send you to somebody else that might be able to help you with your plastic." Anyway, and that's why, like, it triggered me to answer back at that comment, uh, at that post. And yeah, I made a huge mistake. And if I if I hurt anyone, I'm sorry. I just don't think I, mm-hmm. well, I don't think I did it intentionally. I don't. Yeah. What, well, what could if they you think that would be yeah, hurtful, that you used the wrong pronoun? I mean, but, but you used well, the wrong pronoun the, with who? The girl who wrote the article, her name is uh, Allison and... I, I just didn't. So so okay. So I, well, no, so, so I didn't see who wrote the bloody. I couldn't <laughs> see. It was late. I no, okay. So 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 many. So so, so it was right. like someone someone shared an article that someone wrote about RuPaul being transphobic, not having trans women on the show, and then and then so this is on Abraham's Facebook, and Abraham re- 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 replied and misgendered the person in, who wrote the article. And I was like, oh girl, he needs to relax, but not realize that, that it was a trans woman who wrote the article. So then someone. So then someone commented under that. I, 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 I'm trying to remember. Wow. And someone commented under that and tried to like correct Abraham. But again, we all thought it was just like a cunty, like, you know, back and forth. And then Abraham accidentally misgendered the person again. Oh, three times, buddy. And then, three times. Um, oh, honey, that's, I three, mean, God, oh, they're going to crucify me for it. Because. Yeah. So well, you know, exactly. Idea. I mean, do we crucify people for Facebook comments? And, you know, another thing is, when I heard, I didn't really know about this, but when I heard a little bit about it, I said, why the hell is Abraham extravaganza in a house with a trans mother going to have any problem with trans people? That's who he grew up with. You know, the same what they say with RuPaul. I say, you know, you know what? I'm an old friend of Ruse. We got our start together. Uh, I lived in Atlanta and New York in areas where there was the highest amount of trans uh, prostitutes. And I know for a fact that RuPaul is not transphobic. Now, I don't know what assumptions you want to make based on who he cast on his show and whether they're trans or not. But I know RuPaul. And unless this is a recent development, no, he is not transphobic. And not everybody knows the right pronouns to use every time because now there's bisexual pansexual it's, transsexual you know there's like so i just wonder about and, agrosexual have you have, have um, about um have you heard about agrosexual <laughs> is that when you shove a it cucumber is, hard to i think i might be one pronouns. it's very hard to and we you know I, I have i'm training myself for now on after i have my accident that i even don't use he or she use the name of that person out of respect number one and because yeah. these days we all have yeah. to be extremely careful, like you know, you might be dealing with a girl who wants to be a he or vice versa. And you, what do you do? You know, what do you do? So you, yeah. I guess, try to get their name and, and and just say their name. Don't use. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way. 
I'm, yeah. So I so I just so, I I wanted to bring this up and talk about it because again I get we 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 all understand that um yeah. that wrong pronouns are wrong. It makes people feel bad and we shouldn't do it. And then so but I but that does but that does not because someone uses the wrong pronoun doesn't make someone transphobic. Again, Abraham has a long history with trans women. Trans women were were or part of his life. They are part of his story. And even 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 um every time a trans woman gets one of your costume pieces you would tell me about this they don't pay a penny for them every costume abraham makes for a trans woman is completely I take gratis care of my free for them to have every time well, i just transitioned i just transitioned girl the trans women i've worked with right, they pretty much get their stuff for free from me and people don't know that because i don't like to talk about that shit yeah because you know let's okay now right let's mm-hmm. remember I did a big mistake. They wrote a big article about me, but no one came for me. No mm-hmm. one ever said, well, Abraham disrespected me too. No one, because guess what? Yeah, it, none of the girls. Yeah. Yeah. It would be pretty stupid to come against me. I mean, any of the girls I've ever worked with, they all get goodies. You know, the other day I saw this article, somebody mm-hmm. saying yeah. that they yeah. should cancel me. Uh, uh, ready, ready, right, right, right. So that they should cancel Again? me, and that, that that trans women should go to other designers because they will charge them less than me. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, I, but I don't charge. So then uh, you're gonna send them out there to get a busted garment because no one can create what I do the way I do it, and then they're gonna get charged. People, just, just big guys. Uh, so, so who is, this who is, is something concerned I deal with this shit? Who is concerned with this? People constantly keep talking about this. This this happened about, I think, we're going on four years. But it comes up. It comes up because it's the only thing they got against. Yeah. It's the only thing, but that's all they got. So, look, should we should we all do better? I mean, I'm a comedian, so I sometimes, you know, am, am on the edge and I'm not better or, you know, sometimes I am better. But if 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 the LGBT community itself is having a hard time, as you say, with keeping up with the pronouns, and you know, you're not as old as me, but we're not young. And, you know, the, the, we're in the LGBT community and they've got to have a space for people who mix it up and get it right. wrong. That doesn't mean that they're a devil for life. Right. That That's doesn't mean that they are transphobic. It no, means it's, that they it's all, didn't it's know all something. A lack a of education at the end of the day, the way I see things. When What I'm happy about in this modern day is that we have shows like Legendary and Pose. And, 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 and did, you, did you guys see Veneno? The Spanish. Right. So we have these amazing shows that yes. are now yeah. showing the trans community better. They're getting more representation. We need a lot more. So the entire world can get edge that, you know, mm-hmm. we're all different. We're all humans and we all just like to do things differently. And just, I, I believe in this. I know, you know what? This generation is yeah, yeah, doing yeah. their thing. They're correcting what we did in the past. And I just feel like this. Because it's always the next generation is going to correct the previous. If I get a funny feeling like, you know, 10 years from now, mm-hmm, we're true. probably going to put a, a, an end to all of these pronouns and stop labeling ourselves and just be like, just let's just be neighbors let's be humans let's just be you know let's let people live peacefully but we need more presentation we need to see more of these people out there because yeah trans women are being killed every day and that's just it's lack of education yeah it is lack of education and we need more tv shows like this so that the straight community, or what do we call them, cis community? Like, you see, I, I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's the straight community. Yeah, can I don't like to call it that. I like to straight. Show the yeah. straight community that this is happening, and this is not going to end. I, you know, I got on Facebook recently because we're just so our LGBT Facebook. community is so fixed on 
our problems, but they never see the entire spectrum. When you get off internet and you start looking at everything, everything yeah. comes together better. We need to educate more people. We need to stop this cancel culture. We need to, you know, just more, more awareness and let these people know that you got to stop this. Whatever's happening out there, people dying for no reason just because they want to live their lives. It's, it's not fair. Before we wrap oh. up, um, on, on this season of All-Star 6, you also designed a lot of looks. In the, in the promos, you had like eight promos. Throughout the years, I um, collaborated with some of these queens. And um, what Akira Davenport did was a surprise. She walked in wearing, I had no idea that was happening. That's a little outfit. Oh, you had One no idea. In New York, and I said, baby, take that. Take it. Do whatever you want with it. I know you're going to do a good job with it. So I let her walk away, walk away with that, and that happened. I did Work. collaborate with Jara Sophia, so that was kind of cool. We're all buddies. I met her in Florida during her season. So, yeah, that was nice. And then uh, we're going to have a little surprise at the end of episode one. So we... we you're right. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to see a lot more. And then I heard through the grapevine, that there are at least six more of my costumes backstage. <laughs> and um, so we don't know what's out there, what's going to be seen, but yeah, we'll keep Uh-oh. an eye on All Stars this year. We've been a lot of Abraham. But let me ask you this. Oh my so, goodness. I are you a fan do, of love the blondes work? work? Yes. I mean, they're pre- pretty uh, much the only fashion show that uh, invites me anymore. <laughs> so I do tend to go to see their stuff. And it reminds me of yours because it's one of a kind stuff that's actually, you know, you're probably not going to see it on the rack. If you do, you're not going to see, uh, you know, uh, anything like what you see on the runway because you see on the runway, you see these like show pieces. So, um, yeah. and a, a lot of stuff that they do is made for Katy Perry or pop stars, you know, whatever. So you're. Re- your work reminds me of that because it's custom special pieces. And I mean, they, they, Thank they you. have a, like you, a bold vision. And so what is, do you think of having a line or is your stuff mainly custom? And also, I mean, you had one at Pat Fields. Do you, do you think, I mean, would it be a slightly, you know, like a toned down line, but still flashy? And, and also, do you have someone, you know, like a rep who is saying, well, honey, this guy's stuff is all over TV and Cardi B's music video and, you know, Nicki Minaj and da 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 and, and, and pushing you. Cause just with my experience with designer friends, this has been some, yes, word of mouth is, is great. And it seems like you're doing fine. Your work is all over, you know, TV, but, um, you know, you never know. Maybe Beyonce needs something too. I mean, is there any way, is there any rep who can out do outreach for you or like a super, I mean, do you kiss certain, you said you don't like stylists no. always, but do you kiss certain stylist butts to get this going more? Because, I mean, there could come a time when you wouldn't even <laughs> well, have time funny, for me. I, have I mean, Monet. For you. <laughs> um, and for some reason, like, I, I'm lucky in an odd way because people do like my work. It just seems like I don't stop producing what I produce. So like pretty much the same corset I made like four years ago, I'm still selling this corset. Yeah, and I'm trying really hard to like take a break and maybe possibly okay. design a line, which is nearly impossible. I've taken the last three months off because of some issues that I had. And I'm done with some work and I'm hoping that I, I can just take a break and I want to start producing new things. I would love to create a line of clothing. I just don't see it in the future because I don't have help. Well, I mean, would a would a representative who like puts these things t- together and takes a commission? I assume I don't know how it works in the fashion world, but that's how the, it works everywhere else. Abraham, it has been wonderful connect I love to you. connect. We've known yes. each other for decades. This may have been the longest chat that we've ever had. That's great. And thank you so much for coming on. I will say that this is your first pe- podcast, and you are our f- first podcast interviewee that actually has lighting effects. In there, he has designed the lighting in his house. Oh, yeah, so Abraham be in the club going in his house, honey. I be living. It's good. It's good vibes, good energy. 
You got to make those metallic fashions uh, sparkle, honey. Yes. Uh, where can people check out your um, work, my dear? Ab- yes, Abraham D. Levy. And that's Abraham yeah. D. Levy. On okay. Instagram, yes. And you will know it when you see the flashy metallic. Uh-huh. Uh, and also Abraham tight. does... Abraham does flash sales. Like he'll like put like he'll make something that Dan he'll like put up for sales. So you got to like be like have right. notifications on so you get yeah, a notification so you can get you I'll like a sales. And the minute you know, I'm done price. next week, I'm going to do a big sale yeah. because I haven't done that in a while. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having yeah. me. Okay. I actually had a great time. Thank, thank you. you, Abraham. This was great. What a fabulous interview. I'm happy that he cleared up this transphobic stuff because people love, again, Bunny, you say you use the wrong pronoun one time by accident. People are like, you're transphobic. You hate trans people. You want to see them murdered, mur- murdered, murdered. You want them to die. You're like, I was like, no, I don't. I really don't. I promise. <laughs> well, there's an, I saw someone tweet something yesterday that was just said, these Social justice workers need to realize that there is a difference between saying something that makes some people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and being physically harmed. Because we are actually, I mean, you know, it's a joke among, uh, I hear it from drag race queens, but also from younger queens, where it's say, oh, so you woke up today and chose violence. violence. And that might be regarding an outfit choice that is ugly or a wig or whatever. And the reason that that joke makes sense is because people are calling things violence, Mm -hmm. which is not violence. And, you know, for example, silence is violence. Well, no, violence is hurting and hitting someone. You may wish that they would not be silent on things which are violence. sources of violence, you know, about with, with different communities, but silence itself is not violence. That's just you not saying what they think you should be saying about a situation in which violence occurs, whether it be Black Lives Matter or trans people being murdered or whatever. You heard it here first. Bunny invented violence. Um <laughs> Abraham said I invented the fire. Well, why we're on my list of accomplishments. No one mentioned that I also invented the wheel. And AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) Patient Zero signing off for Broadman. How dare you bully my status on Broadman. Thank y'all for I'm too fat to have AIDS. Y'all know that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all so much for joining us for another episode of Ebony and Arnie. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review, a comment. No matter how shady, rude, nasty, or sweet they are, uh, they're always nice to listen to and read. Well, I wrote all the nasty ones about you. <laughs> and I wrote all the nice ones about you. So that just shows oh. y'all what we're working with here at Ebony and Irony. Girl. Thanks for drama. tuning in. <laughs>